This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Cullum. This week, I sit down with the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries and author Lisa Turkhurst. We discuss her newest book, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. Lisa shares about the boundaries God originally set for us, levels of access and responsibility. And you'll also hear her share a boundary that has been placed on her that is both hard and healthy. As you're listening, I would like to ask you to hit the share button. Share this episode with a friend via text or on social media to help spread the word of the kingdom conversations we're having here on Grace Enough week in and week out. And if you prefer to watch the podcast while you listen, Grace Enough is now on YouTube. Subscribe by searching Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber and subscribe today. Good afternoon, Lisa. Welcome to the Grace Enough Podcast. Thank you. It's a joy and honor to be with you. Well, I do, like I said earlier, appreciate your time. And I want to just dive into the conversation because there's so much we could talk about, but uh, we do have limited time. And so, you are releasing a new book, um, Good Boundaries and Goodbyes. And I just want to say, I want to share a quote that you open with in the book. And it says, as we open up to each other, the deeper we connect, the more vulnerable we become. The more vulnerable we become, the more exposed the tender places are. And so share as much or as little of your personal experience that led to the writing of this book and really why it is worth it to put yourself out there. Well, I think anytime my pain is used for some kind of good, it actually increases my healing even more because mm -hmm. I can see that it wasn't for nothing and it was not being wasted, you know, and I'm just very determined that if I had to walk through this, then I want to make the devil regret that he ever messed with a girl like me. I want God to get some kind of good glory from this because it's really been awful. And the past eight years of my life were something that I never saw coming. And it was so challenging, I think, because there were moments of such hope and then followed by extreme heartbreak and then a little more hope and then more extreme heartbreak and then a little more hope and more extreme heartbreak. And the journey was just long and it was brutal. And then it ended in a way that I had begged God for it not to. And so I experienced the death of my marriage and it was the deepest pain I have ever known. Um, it also created a lot of loneliness yeah. and, you know, I went from living in a house with seven people, me, I was going to say you have kids and they're all adults now too. Right. So that's a whole like another whammy. Yeah. So, you know, it was like five kids. And so everything was 
always loud and noisy. And I loved the sounds of Mm. a family. And then it feels like one day I woke up and, you know, my kids had grown up and they had moved out. And then my husband moved out and it was just deafening silence. Mm. And, you know, I think anybody that's walked through relationship turmoil, trauma, and even having to say really hard goodbyes, they, they would understand this, you know? And when I look back, I can see now, I wish I would have had this book that I've written good boundaries and goodbyes. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have had it eight years ago because I think it would have helped give me biblical confidence and emotional fortitude to draw really healthy boundaries. And I just really wish I would have had it. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting when you think about it in, in the terms of what we can look back at now, right. And see like, oh, maybe if I would have been able to set healthy boundaries, then maybe something else would have happened, but that's not really the goal, even in that, right. In the sense of you don't know, that's right, but it keeps you healthier. That's right. And my, my counselor is always reminding me, um, when you know better, you do better. Mm. And so he, he always reminds me, Lisa, you did the best you could with what you had, but now that you know better, you can do better. And I am doing better. You know, I can, you know, I don't know that I'll ever stop grieving the loss of my marriage. Um, but what I can say now is I've accepted it. And I've worked really hard to work through what I've walked through. Mm. And I've done the good work of not just blaming and, and, you know, assigning myself the victim. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but instead I've, I've acknowledged what was definitely something that should have never happened. There were choices that were made that were not my own that Mm. created an unbiblical dynamic and an unsustainable relationship. Yeah. So I can set that right here. And I can also acknowledge now there are some things I need to work on and boundaries was a big thing I needed to work on. Yeah. So I am seeing so many glimpses of hope now and so much good, healthy, um, emotional fortitude and biblical confidence in myself. And I like, I like that in me. I really do. Well, so as we talk about boundaries, it's an interesting topic because why do you think that we sometimes can view it almost as unchristian to really interact with people in this way? I think it's because we don't have an understanding that boundaries aren't just a good idea. They're God's idea. And when we look at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis one, God established the foundations of the world using boundaries. Yeah. You know, he separated the light from the darkness. He separated the sky from the sea. He separated mm-hmm. the land from the water. And all of those are examples of physical boundaries. That's right. Then when we get into Genesis two, the first recorded conversation between God and man, it was on the subject matter of a boundary. Mm. Think of all the topics that God could have chosen to make the focus of that first conversation, but God chose a boundary and how God communicated the boundary was really telling as well. God said to Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. So 
the first thing I notice is God is establishing boundary lines so that we know where the freedom is. That's right. And when we know where the boundary lines are, we can run freely between the boundary lines and not be so hesitant and nervous about, can I do this? Can I do that? Should I step here? Should I not step here? You know? Mm -hmm. And then that verse goes on to say from uh, Genesis chapter two, after God says, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but here comes the, the restriction, if you will, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or you will die. Well, when we see that it wasn't just restriction that was happening here, God was establishing this boundary for protection. Yeah. God has modeled boundaries, give us a way to communicate freedom. What is acceptable? What is not acceptable? What we will tolerate, what we won't tolerate. And God allows us to put some restrictions in place for the protection of Mm -hmm. all parties and to have a fighting chance to keep this relationship healthy. I mean, it's what I even say sometimes when, you know, I'm talking to people about the law and how it can just seem so horrible and bad. And I'm like, but if you really start digging in, you're going to see that the law a lot of times really was for protection of the people. He wasn't saying, you know, go outside of the city gates for no reason. It was because they didn't have modern medicine. So we really couldn't sleep in the same house. Like it was a different time. And if we would pursue boundaries in a healthy way, but what happens as humans is a lot of times we wait until it's too far, right? To start saying, oh my gosh, I've let it go too far. Mm -hmm. There's two words that I think are important to consider. And I actually got these two words from how God established the temple God gave access to certain people, but not all people. And it wasn't because he valued this group over another group. It's because he required additional responsibility Mm -hmm. for the people who had additional access. And by the time we get to the Holy of Holies in the temple, God only allowed access to one person, the high priest. And it was once a year for him to make atonement for the people, Mm -hmm. but he also had to demonstrate the highest level of responsibility to be perfectly cleansed and purified, or he would suffer the most dramatic consequence. He would drop Mm -hmm. dead. So when I started to consider access and responsibility, it started to dawn on me. This is what I need to consider too. So many times I've given level 10 access to people physically, financially, relationally, emotionally, I've given level 10 access to someone that is only willing or capable of demonstrating level three responsibility. And the distance between those, that's where you find relational turmoil, chaos, and potential dysfunction. That's where you see the need for a boundary. It used to be that I thought I need to put a boundary on this person to make them increase their responsibility up to the level of access that I've given them. Mm -hmm. Certainly you can have a healthy conversation and healthy people respect healthy boundaries and they may lift up their area of responsibility. But if this person is unwilling or incapable of anything more than demonstrating level three responsibility, putting a boundary on them won't help if they don't desire to be more responsible. So what we have to do is not put a boundary on them. We have to put a boundary on ourselves in this situation and make the choice to reduce the access that we're granting them down to the level of demonstrated responsibility that they're bringing. Yeah, it is so true. And being someone who has been in a very dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship, 
not spousal, but very close family member. It is true. I mean, there comes a point when you do have to say, okay, this is, I've got to set the boundary around myself because this is not changing. More and more people are getting destroyed is what's happening. Absolutely. And this is true, not just in the dramatic ways that- Absolutely. Terminal plays out. I mean, think about, you know, we're about to go through the holidays. And so, you know, think about (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Joe is coming to the holidays and Uncle Joe loves to bring up politically polarizing conversations at the dinner table. And if you already know, you do not have the emotional capacity to stay calm in a charged conversation like that. Mm Mm-hmm then boundaries will help you communicate in advance that he's free to do whatever he wants. Yeah. But if this, then this. Mm -hmm. And so here's how I would have that conversation. Uncle Joe, I love how you keep up with current events in this world. And I know when you bring things up, it's because you want to process it and you love the emotional charge of intense conversations. And at the same time, I have to let you know, I do not have the emotional capacity right now for really hard conversations. And so you're free to do what you want. If you bring up those subjects, though, I just want to let you know in advance, I will need to excuse myself and walk away. And it's not because I'm being disrespectful and it's not because I'm not interested in you. It's because I cannot tolerate those conversations right now. I just don't have the emotional capacity for it. So do you see how you're giving him freedom? You're not trying to control him, manipulate him. You're not trying to punish him, but you are trying to hold yourself together. See, boundaries don't shove another person away. Healthy boundaries hold us together. And so that I can stay self-controlled. Otherwise, if I sit at that dinner table, the topic gets brought up. I run the risk of getting angry, frustrated, and having a reaction that betrays the best of who I really am. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing too. Like when you talk about it, I think a lot of people, when we actually will go ahead and have the conversation that we're really fearful of having in a kind manner, just as you did people most of the time are actually more receptive than we think. But a lot of times we're just thinking about what's going to happen around the dinner table. And that's the person we're waiting to show up when we have the conversation. That's right. And there's something important to note. Healthy people respect healthy boundaries. True. My counselor says an unhealthy person has never met a boundary that they like. It's true. So... Where I have to personally challenge myself, and I guess it's time for a confession. Are you ready for a personal confession by Lisa? (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. My personal confession. I get afraid that if I draw this boundary, that this other person could potentially reject me, misunderstand me, judge me, or walk away from me. And then one day it occurred to me, If I put a healthy boundary in place and this person walks away, chances are whether I draw the boundary or not, I already know they're the kind of person that will walk away. Mm. And sometimes when I give an excuse for my lack of boundaries, I'll say, well, it's just because I'm trying to keep everybody happy, you know, and that's people. But if I'm honest, I don't people please just to keep everyone happy. I, I sometimes slip into people pleasing trying to keep other people happy because I'm afraid if I don't keep them happy, 
they will take something away from me mm-hmm. that they provide for me that I'm not sure I'll be okay yeah. without. We will always desperately want from other people what we fear we will never get from God. It's so true. And oh. if we fear that that person will take their acceptance or take their love away from us because we attempt to draw a healthy boundary, then for me, what that means is I've forgotten. I need to step into that conversation, carrying with me the ultimate acceptance and the ultimate love. I am already accepted and I'm already loved by God. So I need to work from that place of acceptance and love, not work for and hustle for and demand and shy away from boundaries for that other person's love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Because that creates real dysfunction and real unhealthy dynamics in a relationship. Yeah. And you're not a mean person if you make those choices to do that. That's something that I've had to tell myself and even tell other people as they have asked me questions about why some of the boundaries I've set up. God is a genius storyteller. And the evidence of this is threaded throughout scripture. In Christianity Today's new show, Holy Curiosity with me, Kat Armstrong, we explore storied connections threaded throughout Scripture from the Old Testament to the New. Our first miniseries, Connecting Dinah and the Woman at the Well, welcomes experts like Drs. Tim Mackey and Diane Landberg to give us insight and context into the physical location and meaning of these two stories. These stories will spark holy curiosity in your own faith, because once you see these connections, you can't unsee them. God wastes no person, place, or thing. Listen and subscribe to Holy Curiosity with Kat Armstrong on your favorite podcast platform. Want to do something different with your family for Advent this year? Sarah Keeling has created a simple, fun, and free Advent study called Family Christmas in the Psalms, which focuses on the attributes of God in the Advent candle themes, hope, faith, joy, peace, and light. There are only five lessons, and each one includes a prayer guide to teach your family how to pray the Psalms. It also includes questions and activities for your kids, a podcast prayer episode, and a short teaching video to help you connect the verses with Jesus. You can easily add this study to your weekly Advent candle lighting time, jump in later if you miss a week, and modify the lessons to work best for your family. Download Family Christmas in the Psalms for free at sarah-keeling.com slash Christmas. That's Sarah with an H dash K-E-E-L-I-N-G dot com slash Christmas. And P.S. Advent starts November 27th this year. So tell me this. Have you ever had a boundary set on you? And, you know, what was your response to that? Maybe even so then versus how you view it now? Great question. Yes. I have had some really healthy boundaries that my adult kids have Mm -hmm. expressed. And 
I think five years ago, it would have offended me. I would have taken it personally. I would have thought to myself, well, fine, you do that. And then I'm going to do this. And I would have, I would have had an unhealthy response to it. But now, you know, they, they had a healthy boundary. They communicated that they would prefer in going through all of the heartbreak and hurt of the divorce that I not make comments about their dad. Mm -hmm. And that is such a healthy boundary. It is. And so at first I was like, wow, that's going to be hard because things keep happening. And, you know, I, I want to process those things. But when my kids said that, I realized it's not going to be helpful to process those things with them. I can process that with my counselor. I can process that with close, trusted friends. I don't need to process that with my kids because they're already going through their own deep heartbreak. Yes. And I don't want to add to that. So I respected that boundary and I'm so glad I did. I think it has made my relationship with my kids as I've walked through this so much better. And I think they trust me and they see the health in that. And that's a blessing. So boundaries are not always hard. Boundaries are sometimes really, really good. Yeah. I mean, they really are. When you think about even it's like your children And I've said this to my sister. I'm like, you know, my dad may not have been the greatest husband, but my dad for me was a good dad. And so I shouldn't, I don't want to be put in the same. I don't need to view him the same because the relationship is not the same. Although we're all impacted. Yes. But yeah, I mean, there's just, there's different views there. I know people struggle with it so much, but um, kudos to you for listening and following through, even if it wasn't easy. And, and you know what? I don't do it perfectly. None of us do, but there's a big difference between a mistake, which we all make and a pattern of behavior, which should not be tolerated. Yeah. And so I think that's boundaries establish a, a way for the mistakes not to turn into unhealthy patterns. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's close out with this. Uh, You write quite a bit about healthy honesty, and we've talked about that to some degree already. But I mean, I'm even thinking someone's in a really unhealthy place right now, but it's not at a place where their relationship is going to be totally, um, it's not a goodbye. What is the value of that healthy honesty? What do you even mean by that? And, And maybe even how would you say God defines healthy honesty? Well, I think we have to remember that we cannot confuse the good command to love with the bad behavior of enabling dynamics in a relationship that should not be enabled or perpetuated. Mm -hmm. And um, so in Good Boundaries and Goodbyes, I write a lot of scripts for people so that they, because sometimes it's not setting the boundary that's hard. It's communicating the boundary. That's true becomes really challenging. So the scripts are going to be really, really helpful for people. But even more than that, I work through some of those verses that make us hesitant to believe that drawing a boundary could be good and Mm -hmm. make us less hesitant to be honest about what we can and cannot tolerate, what we will and will not accept, what we do and do not have to give. Mm -hmm. I think when we have the biblical confidence, we can approach it with more honesty because 
we know that boundaries are not unbiblical and that God has already established that boundaries, not just a good idea, they're a God idea. So mm-hmm. I'll leave you with this verse. You know, sometimes people are hesitant with boundaries, especially Christians, because they say, yeah, but didn't Jesus lay down his life for his friends? Yes, Jesus did. But Jesus laid down his life for a high and holy purpose. He did not lay down his life to enable bad behavior to continue. That's right. Ah, oh, that's a good place to end. Um, Lisa, I'm thankful for this book. I know it wasn't easy to write. I know it's not easy to be in the position that you're in to constantly be asked questions. Um, and so thank you for doing it. You're so welcome. It's always a joy. And, you know, we'll just say to be continued. That's right. (laughs) Always until the day of Christ Jesus is what I say. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thank you for every share and listen. I really appreciate your support. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber. All links and resources mentioned today can be found at graceenoughpodcast.com slash boundaries or by scrolling down in your listening app. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know. A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just these guys, you know?